0: Knock
1: knock. Who's there? Cock torturer. Cock torturer. Who?
0: Well, the cock
1: torturer. It's coming for all of you. November thirteenth, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on all formats of pay-per-view and on Internet pay-per-view via the Fight App. Talking shop Mania Two, Rise of the Cock Darcherah. <laughs> This old smoke-filled bar, something I'm not used to Cause I gave up my home to see you satisfied And I called to let you know where I'll be living It's not much, but I feel welcome here inside I've got swinging doors, a jukebox, and a barstool And my new home has a flashing neon sign Stop by and see me any time you want to Cause I'm always here at home till closing time I've got everything I need to drive me crazy And I've got everything it takes to lose my mind And in here the atmosphere's just right for heartaches Thanks to you I'm always here till closing time Got swinging doors, a jukebox, and a bar stew. My new home has a flashing neon sign. Stop by and see me time you want to. Cause I'm always here at home till closing time. Cause I'm always here at home till closing time.
2: Now part of the All
3: Everything Entertainment Podcasting Network.
0: Working Fans Podcast, cool. Yep. Alright, here we go. Coming down three, two
4: back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at FansWorking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including Anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public... Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans.
5: Guys, I want to take a second to tell you about All Everything Entertainment. They are your home for the latest breaking news and opinions about sports, wrestling, and entertainment. From jock to geek and everyone in between, they will definitely have something for you. As I'm recording this, they have 10 live weekly podcasts that can be watched daily on Facebook, YouTube, or alleverythingentertainment.com. The replays are available on their Facebook YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes channels. Their shows run the gamut as they talk about the NFL, NBA, NHL, football, movies, bi weekly top 10 countdowns, paranormal activity, wrestling, WWE, AEW, NJPW, UFC, Bellator, and so much more. These guys, they're just like you. They're passionate individuals who love a variety of subjects. And that's why they started this company in May of 2019, to kind of be a one-stop shop for entertainment. On September 11th, 2020, they made arguably their biggest signing by agreeing to terms with yours truly, The Working Fans Podcast. I was out of work sick, and I was happy... To join them as a part of their team, you can find them on SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching All Everything Entertainment or go to alleverythingentertainment.com for their full schedule and a full list of their shows. If you like us, you will 100% like them. Thank you. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F O U R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F O U R 82 Designs, at F O U R 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82 at designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs.
2: First off, the light years look better than our first run. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality
5: nice and those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing and luckily we'll be getting some more in hopefully before we start selling them to fans but that's F-O-U-R-8-2-designs
3: all right everybody it's the Working Fan Podcast with the man they call Dave and today we're gonna have a. Special subject, we're talking about two of the all-time greats, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. And to do that, I brought one of my all-time favorite guests, one of my favorite wrestlers from the NWA Territory days, Mr. George South. Mr. Number One, how are you, sir? Man, Dave, I'm doing great,
0: buddy. Thank you so much. <laughs> Man, if, if the, fans, the fans knew what you had to, to rig up to
3: get this to happen. <laughs> Hey, I'm happy you're here, George. Let's start it off. Dusty Rhodes. What can you tell me about some stories with Dusty? I know you're a big Dusty fan.
0: Oh, big, big Dusty fan. And, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, as a wrestling fan, to, to read about these guys in a magazine and uh, maybe to see them on TV, you know, in the early in their career. But when you actually work, for them, when they actually, you know, they'll pay your bills. It's just a completely different respect, you know, for Dusty. You know, it, it's amazing to me now as I look back, you know, over the years, several people have had, like, maybe negative things to say about Dusty and the Jim Crockett territory. But, but, Dave, you know what's funny? When we were all making all that money, mm-hmm. boy, no, nobody had nothing negative to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and, and what I was able to do is get real close to, to Dusty, and he knew, you know what? Davy always used to call me and Gary Royal, his utility guys. And for years, I didn't know what that meant. But then later, he told me, he said, whatever I need to be done, y'all do it. And that, what a great compliment, you know, coming from Dusty, that whatever he needed. And and I learned so much, from, you know, just being around him. And, and it's just amazing. I don't think I've ever met a more competitive you hear stories of these wrestlers that, you know, would take a take a bet to drink motor oil just because it was a $20 bet, you know, and, and, and I know Dusty was so competitive, you know, we did, and just recently, somebody showed video of it, but we did a, a charity basketball game day one time where the Charlotte police played the NWA wrestlers, and I'm talking about when Rock and Roll and Midnight, you know, were at the top of the, I mean, that, there was no, the hottest territory in the world was Jim Crockett Promotion. And, and we're doing this fine day. I mean, for charity, for heaven's sake. And uh, and you know what was so cool? It was such a mystique day back then that, you know, everybody hated the police because they were going up against rock and roll and, and you know, these great-looking baby faces, Steve, Nikita. Well, when the police came onto the court, guess who came onto the court with them, Dave? The four horsemen. Oh, wow. Uh, Listen, date Grant couldn't have booked this no better. <laughs> so before Horseman and Flair come out and, and we're in a dressing room, they give us these NWA jerseys and me and Rocky King made the team. I'm talking about Dick Murdoch, Dutchman Cal, Bear von all these legends. And I'm just glad to be part of the team, man. I'm thinking, you know, you ain't getting this jersey back. Right. You know? <laughs> so so they're introducing us, and we're getting ready to go up to the dressing room. This place, they get $5 tickets for Jim Crockett's mother, She, she uh, who's passed away. But she, she was big into animals and rescue animals, so it was a charity thing. It sold out to Charlotte Coliseum. Basketball. And, and so they're introducing us. The music's playing. The last three people in the dressing room was Mary Rocky King and the American Dream. And I got ready to go through the curtain, and Dusty, Dave, this is a true story. Dusty reached up and grabbed my elbow, and he turned me around, and he looked me right in the face. I mean, that, you know, that blonde afro and those scars on his forehead. Yeah. And Dave, he said, don't you make a fool out of me. <laughs> and, and I said, stupid me, Dave." I said, Dusty, this is for fun. <laughs> These young wrestlers don't even understand what I'm talking about, but but we depended on each other to feed each other's families, right? And seriously, I mean, I we I'm not saying there wasn't jealousy and all this crap that's going on now, but man, I wanted everybody to do good, Dave, because if if Dusty did good, then I'm going to do
3: good, right? Professional and, jealousy, and of course, is anything, but at oh the end God. of the day, you, uh, you guys all had each other's backs. Man,
0: yeah, we had to. Yeah. And honestly, we we what you hear y'all saying we spent more time together than than our own families. Mm-hmm. Man, that was that was true. That was true. And and but you know my favorite dusty story, real quick. He yeah. came up with this idea Dave, day that they were going to save money. All right. So so they were going to get rid of a lot of the underneath guys, but they were going to keep me and Gary along, and they were just going to order all of these mask outfits, Dave. Uh, and this was Dusty's ideal. So, at every TV taping, where they used to be 15 guys underneath, guys, they would just be me and Gary in all these mask outfits. Oh, okay. God. That's great. So, the Quilted the Action, uh, the Gladiators, the Mexican Twin Devils, all of that was Dusty's ideal for, for uh, just for Jim Crockett to save money. And I'll never forget this Dusty gave us. Jim Crockett's credit card. Oh, wow. And and, and I was scared to death. Sure. I said, I, you know, are you kidding me? And Dusty told us to call the old uh, K&H wrestling wear, where at that time, that's the only place you could get gear. And he said, I want y'all to buy, you know, five or six outfits. And I'm going to tell you, I wish I had listened to my partner Gary Rohn. Gary said, George, I'm going to get us 10 outfits apiece. <laughs> I said, you can't. And to me, you know, Mr. Conscience,
1: yeah.
0: I said, no. I'm just going to let you get four outfits like Dusty said. And, mm-hmm. and of course, we got them. I could pay for all of it. And then it worked for about two months, Dave. Yeah, right. I mean, but they, it was just too much. <laughs> I mean, they were literally, we couldn't get changed in time. In other words, I would wrestle Ronnie Carvin first match as gladiator. And then I have to run in the back and change into a different gimmick to come out for, like, the third match. That's awesome. And uh, it was working, until we just got so blown up, I said, screw it. Uh, you know, I'll come out with one boot on and one boot off. And <laughs> And awesome. so, uh, but I still have the outfits. Believe it or not, That's I still awesome. have the outfits. That's awesome. Do you and, ask- of course, the famous Malkies, you know, the monkeys beat us. Right. You remember that? Yes. That was Dusty's big idea so, and I loved it. We all made good money off of that little short angle on television. Now,
3: what can you tell me about any Ric Flair stories, George?
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what? My my favorite, I love Rick. You know what? I, I used to sit in the dressing room, Dave, and I'd watch Rick come in, and he would either go wash his hands or just walk by, and he'd just randomly walk over to guys and say, Stand up. Lock up. He'd say, Lock up with me. Hmm. And he'd lock up for, you know, good or bad, and he'd walk away. And after about two months of this, he would do it to me a couple times. I finally asked Ronnie Garvin, I said, what the heck is Rick doing? I said, why does he just walk in here and don't say nothing and and just lock up with guys and walk away? And Ronnie said, oh, you don't know? I said, yeah, no. He said, Rick can tell, and this is so special, Dave. He said, Rick can tell more in two minutes with you than if, than if he wrestled you. In other words, what I meant is he just locked up. He knew if you know what you were doing in that ring by just a lock up, right. Dave. So there's a lot of guys that never got to do any more than that lock up. But, you know, I knew he was Ric Flair. I was a big Ric Flair Mark II. So the first time, see, the first time I wrestled him, he was NWA camp. But see, on Saturday mornings, Dave, if you can remember in Atlanta, we did those tapings at like 9 a.m. in the morning. Mm. so Rick hated to wrestle. Now, he didn't mind doing the interviews, but he always had to catch a plane that afternoon, so he hated to wrestle, okay, and then have to shower and get cleaned up to go jump on a plane when he could just do an interview. But every now and then, Dusty, just to prove to Rick that Dusty's in charge, he would make Rick wrestle. And, and one time Rick was just fed up, and I am not lying. Just as simple as we're talking, he said, well, give me George South. Wow. And I was in the other dressing room. I didn't even know this. And when I got ready to go through the curtain, Rick didn't talk to me. We didn't go over nothing. I was a nervous shrink. Hmm. But he looked right at me before before I went through the curtain, and he said, he said, tonight or today, you're going to be Ricky Steamboat. Wow. And I, I, I just like peed my pants down. I mean, you kidding me? This is like 9 a.m. in the morning. I drove five hours to Atlanta, you know, and all of a sudden I'm in the ring with NWA champ Ric Flair, and we got out there, Dave, and to show you how classy Ricky is, if you watch that tape now, honestly, if he was a mark, you would have thought I was going to win the NWA world belt. I mean, he gave me, and we went like 15 minutes on TV, if you can believe it, but he gave me 14 minutes of that match. That's why And and you, it's funny because you know what's special about our business. Now, some thirty something years later, Dave, wrestling fans still come up to me and they they remember that match. And, and it's funny because they say, "Man, I thought you was going to win." You know I mean, I tell them, "I thought I was too." You know? But see, Rick Rick could have went out there and take me up for fifteen minutes, but he didn't. And and he that just and then it took off, and then he asked for me like every week. On TV, and it was just simple. because I knew my job, I knew, I knew that he was Ric Flair, and and I was going to do everything I could to, you know, to, to make, I mean, to put him over. And um, just amazing stories. You know, one time Dave he gave me his ropes. You know, at one time he had thirty ropes. If you can believe this, thirty ropes. He came up to me at TV one time, and he said, George, I'm going to be on Good Morning America next week. But I need Olivia Walker, who was wrestling his wife in Atlanta, who made all of Rick's robes. He said, I need you to run my robes down to Atlanta, and she's going to fine-tune them and fix them, and I'm going to take them to Good Morning America. And so I said, man, that's great. So I met him at the airport. Dave, if you can believe this. I put 30 of Rick's robes in my car. Now, looking back, I wish I'd have stolen one of them, but I
1: didn't. So...
0: (laughs) I'm driving to Atlanta with thirty of his robes, each one of them averaged like ten grand a piece. And buddy, listen, I looked over at my dashboard, and it's all in, You know, I'm driving like you know, 1979 Pinto, if you can remember them. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. ugly looking Pintos. So that, so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly adding up. Okay, I got like a hundred thousand dollars worth of robes in my back seat, and I'm driving this three hundred dollar Pinto. You know, so by the time I got to Atlanta, I was pretty, I said, wait, son, something ain't right with this. <laughs> you know, I got more robes in my car. And she fixed them, he went to Good Morning America, and, you know, I didn't get a rope. But I wished I would have. I well, wish I had a hung on to him.
1: Yeah,
3: that's awesome, man. I'm going to.
0: There's oh. so many. Rick, Rick, listen, there'll never be another one. No. I mean, honestly, there'll never be a world champion. See, wrestlers don't even want to wrestle. 365 days, Dave, a year. Yeah, it's funny, I had uh, lunch with Kane about six months ago, and you know what's funny is to go have lunch with Kane, and and this was when, you know, he was still doing some appearances as Kane, but he told me, he said, let's just go somewhere where nobody will recognize me. And, Dave, I started laughing, because he's like seven foot tall, and his eyebrows are shaved, you know, and he's bald headed. Right. Yeah, we can try to hide that. But anyway, we were eating lunch and I was joking. I said, Cain, I said, if I was in charge of wrestling, we'd go back to the days of us wrestling seven days a week. Mm. and He looked over at me and with that you know, scared me dead with that look. He said, George, we don't want to wrestle seven days <laughs> a week <laughs> You know? And that's that's kinda how it is. I mean with the contracts and stuff. But man, he I'm just telling you, I, I, I he he paid a lot of a lot of bills for me, he helped, they all, they helped, I, you know, when Animal just passed away, Dave, you know, I had just told him a few days earlier, I just thanked him, because I'm, I'm serious, and it sounds corny, but all those years, my, all of my kids are grown now, mm-hmm. but they, all those legends helped me raise my family, Dave, Yeah. because they drew money, and I was on the card, and I was able to go pay my bills, what? and I ne- I'll never forget that. What, yeah. what about the
3: Road Warriors? Any great stories of working with the Road Warriors?
0: Oh, they, you know what? You love know this. I see. I knew them when they were not even together. I knew Animal and Alana when Ole Anderson just saw him and thought, "Holy cow, what is this?" You know? And he came out and cut off blue jeans. And and and, and I, if I'm not mistaken, they actually they, they just called him the Road Warrior by Sam. And they brought Hulk in later. But I'm gonna tell you. I've never, you know, years, years after all of our, uh, yeah. I, let me tell you this real quick. I'll get, I'll get carried yeah, away. Yeah. Go ahead. The thing in wrestling Dave, is standing in the ring, and you hear, you know, what was it, Iron Maiden or whatever, Iron
3: yeah. Man.
0: Yeah. Iron Man, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and, and you see Animal and Hulk running to the ring after you, and uh, and sometimes Hulk would forget to take his spikes off. Yeah. You know, cause uh, when, when, and you know what's funny, Dave? A lot of fans don't know this. But usually their matches went quick. So what I mean by that is Gene Anderson, the old school old-timer, he used to be the signal guy. So in other words, when he walked out behind the curtain, Mm. Tommy Young would see him and it was time to go home. Right. Okay? So what makes you have a heart attack is when Gene Anderson is standing out in front of the curtain before the road readers get out. So you know, you know this is going to end quick. Right. right. So, Hawk would, would jump in that ring with you and forget to take his spikes off. And you just knew he was going to shoot you in the ropes and, you know, hit that big spike. But, you know, years after all of our wild living and all this kind of stuff, me, KDB, i off seen the Road Warriors. I was there the night that Animal and Hawk just, you know, they just changed their life, Dave. They, they gave their life to the Lord. And for the next three years of Hawk's life, I wish I could tell you, Dave, what I saw this man do as far as for children and the homeless people. And, and, and nobody will ever talk about that, but everybody knew Hawk And it was this larger-than-life figure animal, too. And they just decided that they wanted to do some good. And I, I'm going to tell you, I was at the Pontiac Silverdome with Ted DiBiase and Steam and the Road Warriors. a 60,000 teenagers in this Pontiac Silverdome. Doing this huge youth conference, and man, the reaction of the uh, road warrior animal them coming out. But you know what I love? There was a period in WCW Dave, where the top guys could care less if they hurt us or not. They were just clumsy. right? And stupid stuff. They were breaking the young guys' noses and uh, just being stupid. I never forget Hulk. He walked in the dressing room one night. And he got in a couple of those guys' face that were hurting us. And I was, I was over our granddad, standing beside him. He said, the next one of you, he was telling all the top guys, the next one of you that hurt one of these underneath guys, I'm going to hurt you. Huh. Wow. And then we were friends for life after that, day. Yeah. But no, it's just, it's so sad because animal, I just, let me tell a quick story about this, not to be sad, but just tell you how special animal he is. Every year, my oldest son, George Jr., who's like 35, Animal and Hawk would always wish him happy birthday. In other words, when he was little, he, they, he loved the Road Warriors. He had a huge tattoo on his arm years ago of their, of their face paint. I mean, he, he loved the Road Warriors. Well, I know this sounds goofy and people think I'm making this up, but my son's birthday was a day after Animal died. Oh, wow. So that morning, Dave, I was texting Animal just to just wanted me to remind him to to call my son and wish him happy birthday. And Dave, I'm a buddy just to show you how precious life is. In the middle of that text to Animal, I saved it. I still have it on my phone. Uh, one of my buddies texted me and said, "Have you heard about Animal passing away?" And Buddy, I just stopped that. Oh, my goodness. And it was true. You know, he had passed away. So just amazing. But it meant so much to him. Every year he'd call my son. That's- but just, man, just, I, buddy, I'm going to tell you. Uh, uh, Ricky Morton, uh, uh, Ricky Morton tell, uh, told me a story one time, him and Robert in Baltimore. They they love to shoot pool, and they're real good at pool. Well, back in the day, they would, you know, Ricky and Robert would go in a pool hall, and they'd, you know, they would just go in, and they'd work everybody in there. You know how it is. They'd act like they couldn't shoot pool, and then, get everybody to play the game, and then Ricky and Robert, take all your money. Right. Well, Ricky, Ricky said what? Down in Baltimore, they were doing it, said him and Robert were making all kind of money, and all of a sudden, the whole bar, the whole pool hall realized what they were doing. And Ricky said it was like something in a movie that, you know, all these, you know, Brooks had Ricky and Robert cornered. You know, going, uh, you know, get their money back, and all of a sudden, he said it was like it was like a movie. He said the front door swung open, and it was a road Warriors. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> said everybody turned around, and Hawk said, "Is there a problem?" <laughs> uh, of course, there was not no problem. No. You know, so man, I miss them. Right. You know, they just, uh, I, I do. They just, I, I'm kidding. just you know, they. Here's a, and, I'll, and we'll move on. All right. go ahead, if yeah. you go back and watch my old Road Warrior matches with him, Tommy Young was always the referee, the great NWA ref. If you go back, and for some reason, and I thank him to this day, when they hit the ring on us, Tommy Young would always bend over or go over to him and tell him to take it easy on George. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually go back and watch some of these matches when they hit the ring. Like, Hulk will stop in momentum, you know, like in mid-stride, mid yeah. and Tommy Young's whispering to him, you know. You can kill the other guy, but just take care of George. That's so
3: great. That's so, so great. Wow. <laughs> George, I wanted to ask you, because you started talking about them, and obviously they were such tough guys, too, and that made me think of Ming. What about Haku? Any stories about Haku? Did you ever work with Haku? Oh, listen. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like our Anderson
0: says. If Hulk fixes you a hamburger. Whether you like what he put on it or not, you eat it. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, but honestly, being around him and working with him, he was probably, now if he hears this, he'll probably kill me, but he took care of the guy he was with more than anybody I've ever seen. But now he looked, and his moves were so vicious, but he really cared about the guy he was in the room with. And I would trust him. I would trust him with my life. I mean, honestly, he was that good. And see, that's what, and nobody understands that, Dave. The object of our business is not to kill each other. (laughs) You know what? There's a lot of guys ain't learned that yet. But Hakuna was one of those, you know, I used to talk to, see, I got to wrestle with Lutez, Dave, my 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 first year of wrestling, I was like 18 years old. And Lutez was still wrestling. Well, this, and I know him through the magazines, but I was this cocky you know, eighteen year old and thought I knew everything and so I'm booked against Lou Fez. And I was actually mad if you can believe it, Dave. Like, look at me. What what this old man still doing this? And I'll never forget. They let me go over to Lou Fez's dressing room. He was in there doing squats, You didn't believe it. Yeah. And stupid me, you know, the eighteen year old teenager, I began to tell Lou Fez what I was gonna do to him. <laughs> That's great i will tell you, Dave, if it weren't, I'm alive. Right. Yeah. He got up. He got up from the squats, and he looked me right in the face, and he said, first of all, you're going to shut up. And I, I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and so I'm, the reason I shared that is I used to ask the old-timers, how tough was fast I mean, was he really? Now, when I worked with him, he, you could feel him. I mean, he was older, but, man, you knew he could tie you in a knot. But, but I used to ask Nelson Royal and, and Ole Anderson, and, and you know what was funny, Dave? They would all say, "Well, we don't know if he was tough or not. We was always afraid to find out." Right. <laughs> now I know the was tough, but it's like nobody wanted to try to find out. Sure. But yeah. now with, with me, I mean, you knew. I mean, if you are stupid enough to even make him mad or whatever, but you you didn't. If you'd ever met me, you knew you didn't want to mess with him. But just one of the, I always joked with him because, you know, he, down in Florida, he was uh, working at this huge car dealership for a while. He may still be doing it, but I used to, I used to joke with him that he probably gets salesman of the week every month. (laughs) You know, I mean, if if if, if going will sell you a car, what are you going to do? Tell him no? Right. (laughs) I'll take two of them. You, You
3: probably
0: got every sales record in that.
3: People are buying two but, cars. They can't even afford Oh, it. They they're buying two three cars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, whatever pictures you want man, just put
0: them on there. I'll
3: take them. <laughs> How's the school going right now with everything, with COVID and everything?
0: Oh, buddy, it's going good. You know, God is so good, Dave. I'm okay. You know what's funny about North Carolina? Mm. It is the stupidest people in charge. You know, in other words, listen to this, Dave. We, we just, we just, we were 2.5, if you can believe it. You no, know, what that means is... We're not open yet officially, we're two point five. Well this two weeks ago, the big announcement's coming and we're thinking that gyms and restaurants and stuff's gonna open like everywhere else. Today we go to two point seven. <laughs> what the heck is two point seven? So oh, no. my went from my school went from three days to one. I never did close it down completely, and we've just recently opened back up to two. Two days a week. And we're hoping that, you know, more things will ever get normal again. But, but man, last night was my training night, and I had Tessa. You know, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, her and her husband, Miguel, they were in town seeing her mom and uh, Magnum, and she came to my school. And they, we, we for about three hours. I mean, she, people think I say this because I trained her, but I have never in my life met somebody that works as hard as she does. And Dave, you know him as well as I do. Wrestling fans think just because your dad was famous that you're gonna be famous.
3: Not
0: the case. you're exactly right. To me it's harder when your dad was famous. Oh yeah. And I remember one time the first interview she ever done, Dave, was with Bill At- me and her sit down uh, me and her sitting down with Bill actor And his first question was, How's your dad doing? Right. And I stopped the interview, Dave. <laughs> I said, No, no, listen, this is about Tessa. Yeah. And I've just seen her work so hard. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know what her next step is. But, you know, it's like it's like a lady yesterday at my school day. She called, this lady, I don't even know her. She calls me. She said, my son wants to come to your school. And she starts asking me all these questions. And I said, man, all you got to do is go Google. Go, go to the Internet and Google my name. She said, I, I, honestly, and that will tell you in 10 minutes everything you need to know about me. And she, she didn't understand what I meant. She was wanting to ask me all these stupid questions. And then I, then I told her this, Dave. I said, when Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Tony Blanchard, when they bring their, their kids to you for you to train them, you better know what the heck you're doing, Dave. Absolutely. And it's probably one of my greatest uh, honors is to have those guys that, you know, trust me, because you know what I tell people about these young fans? I said, listen, the ring don't care what your name is. The, name does, the, the ring, when you fall on it, it don't care if you're a flare. It don't care if you're a blanchard. And it doesn't care what your name is because it hurts anyway. Right. So, but man, I worked her hard last night, and we're just going to see. You know, you know, I got, man, I, see, she tells me to calm down, if you can imagine that day, mm-hmm. because I know I fear without the makeup, when the hair ain't done, with the sweat and the tears. And just, you know, in an old ring, and she's got to listen to me. That's the part I see. Right. And so I, the fans don't see that, see? And, and then, you know, she won that Impact World Heavyweight title from, you know, she beat a man. And all of a sudden, now, I had to shut down the Internet in my life because I was fixing to go to somebody's house and punch them. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, all these fans had something stupid to say about Pisha beat the man. Right. But Dave, any fan knows that it had already been done years ago with Germany.
3: conversation with a guy he's doing a book on lance von eric and it's to tell his story and it's funny because i never i always knew him as the fake von eric right and i love the von eric but then i thought about it not even knowing or asking i'm like what is the likelihood it's not this guy's idea he didn't say hey i want to be a fake von eric i want to be an imposter von eric he got offered a job and he took it which is what you do in life
0: you take a job that's right that's right and, Dave, I'll always – I mean, you are so inagreeable with that because what these people don't realize now, let's just take Lance Eric. That probably was a decision whether he le- whether he lost his house or not. Right. I mean, seriously, yeah. because nobody understands that. People say, well, see, in, in my day, it was acceptable because, George, I would wrestle here, Dave, and then I would go to Memphis maybe and put a mask on, and then they'd just come up with a name. Right. And so, what am I going to do? Say no. A lot of times, you know, it's like Terry Taylor. When I told him you're going to be the Red Rooster, right? I like, I laugh that that gimmick they gave him. Everybody hates Terry Taylor for being a Red Rooster, <laughs> but Terry tells me he made more money in three minutes as the Red Rooster than he's ever made. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: Right. cock a do to do. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thing I've ever heard in my life. Nobody owes you nothing right. in pro wrestling. They don't. And if you're sitting around waiting for a promoter to call you back, that probably ain't going to happen. Nope. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think that's what's made me, I think that's why I survived this COVID, is because once you've been in wrestling, Hey, you survived anything. Right. Hey, <laughs> you
3: know, I, 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 I survived the ultimate warrior. What yeah. the heck is COVID going <laughs> to give me? <laughs> you know, uh, you talk about giving back. I'm going to ask you about one other guy, and then I'm going to ask you a couple questions about, you know, anything you want to promote. Giving okay, back. Can. You know, a guy that I think of a lot with that was Terry Funk. I felt yes. like Terry just constantly gave up his body years and years. What about Terry? We never talked about Terry. Did you get to work a lot with Terry? Any stuff with Terry? Oh, you? listen,
0: he... He's in a league. I mean, I always say there was Terry Funk, and then there was us. Right, right. There's a picture, Dave, I just put on my Facebook. Tessa Blanchard came to my school last night, and she's wearing a pair of Kenny Llamas, which I always call them Terry Funk boots. Mm. Those cowboy tennis shoes he always wore. Now, I've got several pair of them. My, to me, if I was training you, Dave, the greatest respect I can give you is when I give you a pair of them boots. To me, it's everything that Terry Funk stood for. He fought for the underneath guys. He fought for the top guys. He gave his body to all of this. So, Tessa's got a pair of them on in that picture with me. So, some guy on Facebook said, Oh, I love your boots! Which I thought was comical, Dave. You got Tessa Blanchard and the guy's looking at her boots. Okay? But anyway. so. So I was able to share with this guy that yeah I, I wasn't bragging but I said yeah I gave him to her years ago because to me I, I you know you I, I believe in you if I'm going to do that that's how much Terry Funk means you know means uh, means to me and, and I'm gonna okay. tell you I got a picture Dave I wish I could send it to you he came last year he came through here with big time wrestling and did some appearances he actually got in a ring a few times huh. but there's a picture. Dave, that I just recently got, and I'll talk about it here in a little bit, I got my own bottle of water, if you can believe it. Wow. All uh, right. And so, I'm, I, oh, I'm big time, buddy. So, <laughs> there's a picture. I wanted to get Terry Funk on my body of my bottles of water. Because first, he'd think I was nuts. But he loves it to see anybody come up with an idea to
3: trying
0: to make a dollar. Sure, yeah. Sure. And uh, so there's a picture. The guy just happened to snap I'm in the dressing room, Fox lacing his boots up, and here it is, I'm trying to sell, it looks like I'm trying to sell him a bottle of water. And he's got to slur it like, you're probably the, the goofiest guy I've ever met in my life. But no, but he, but he took a bottle of water, so I'm very happy about that, but just, but there's, a, he's in there a league by himself. And you know, he was one. No matter who he worked with, he gave them probably 75% of the
3: match, Dave. One of the best promos of all time, too. Some of his promos... Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know if some of them were air, but I, I saw one the other day where... He was it was with that feud with Ric Flair in '89, and he's talking about this jackass his dad had, and they had to put it down. And Terry <laughs> Funk's on his knees crying, and he's saying like, "We got to put Ric Flair down." I'm like, this is just tremendous. <laughs> I don't know if it would air today, but it's tremendous. I love. This.
0: No, I know. You know, in WCW, when they had him go in that bar, and he walked behind that horse, and the horse kicked him, mm. and uh, he, uh, he cussed the horse out and walked off the set. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm getting all better. But my last Terry Funk story, you'll love this, day. You know, he did the Roadhouse movie with Patrick Swayze. I love that movie. Well, one time in WCW, I met Terry Funk when he was working. This was after the movie, of course. We're sitting in a dressing room. And he, he's on his phone. Just We're just randomly talking. I mean, it was like three hours before the show. Well, I look down, and his phone goes off. And it's Patrick Swayze. Dr. Sweetie's calling so I'm working out.
3: And
0: and Terry Funk ain't even answering. And I'm I'm trying to be respectful, but I'm not ready to grant his fight.
3: And
0: so he goes to voicemail. And and he just, I mean, he just, I said, when it was done, I said, Terry, I said, I don't, it ain't not my business.
3: Such a passionate guy. I love it. You, what do you want to promote today? What do you got going on? I mean, you got your, books, oh, you buddy, got your
0: book. Oh, I got a little different. You know, of course, my book. Yeah. You know, I'm so proud. You know, it's been out probably nine or ten years. You know, Dad, You Don't Work, You Wrestle. That's that's my life story. Uh, my good friend Mark James up in Tennessee, uh, he did uh, uh, Bill Dundee's and Dutchman Hills book. and Such a great guy. And, and you know, Dave, when you give somebody your whole life story, there's a lot of trust. And the one thing that I'm so proud of is I didn't want Mark James to change any of the words. I wanted it to be like me and you're talking, Dave. Right. And and that's been such a great compliment over the years. People that have bought it, they come back and they tell me that, uh, you know, man, I just, when I read it, I felt like we were just sitting around talking. So that, of course, I can go to my website, you know, georgesouth.com. And man, I'm so proud of that book, This, this coming Saturday, me and Ricky Steamboat are going to be at one of these toy and comic book conventions. And, man, I love them. It's just close to home here. And, man, I just love going to meet and, and you know, just still beating fans. And, and, and so I have my book there. Of course, I got my own bottled water. Yes. There do a quick story. When I come up with this idea, you know, I got twin daughters that are like 22 years old. And, and they don't care that I'm a pro wrestler. So they'll call me an idiot in a minute. Let me tell you, Dave. So, so I come up with this idea. I said, I'm going to get my own wine that people can drink. Uh, and I say that, Dave, because people actually ask me, can they drink it when they buy it? Uh, I said, well, yeah, you can, you know. But anyway, so I come up with this idea. Well, a guy on the internet, Dave, I didn't know these people. He he comes and says, this is the stupidest idea that your South has ever come up with. And, Dave, he should have never said that. Because that put me on a mission. Right. And i i tell you, you know what I did? I kept his name, and they when I sold my 1,000th bottle of water, I dedicated it to that idiot. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I got right over here. And I said this, this is dedicated to this one guy. <laughs> and you know what? My daughters hate that guy because they... They even wrote in and said, listen, if you would have just shut up, my dad would have just forgot about this and went on to something else. But he just had to say, you know, that it was a stupid ideal.
3: <laughs> Sometimes Spike anyway, can be a hell of a motivator, huh? Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: I'm telling you. I, hey, that guy, I, I would have never done it. Honestly, I would have come up with some other doofy ideal. But, uh, man, weird. when he said it was stupid, I said, I'll show you. And you know what's funny? Listen to this, day, I started it. Now, Rock and Roll Express have their own water. Ricky and Rob, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Animal, bless his heart, so he had his own water. Teddy wow. Long has his own water now. <laughs> so, well, it's like when we're at these conventions together, Dave, you, you, you come in, you walk down one aisle, and it looks like a concession stand.
3: <laughs> right, I, I mean
0: But you got all these tough wrestlers.
3: Selling
0: their water. Sure. But, but but anyway, I got my first bottle real quick. You'll know this. I, me and Ricky Steamboat was going to be at a comic convention. And I love Ricky Steamboat. He's just, man, he's, he's perfect to me. But anyway, I wanted to show him my water. So I sit behind my back, and I get up to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And I said, Ricky, i got to show you something. And I said, now, if you break my heart, and if you tell me this is stupid, I'll never, I'll never sell another one. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm being stupid. So anyway, I showed it to me and Dave, he worked out like crazy. Ah, that's awesome. And, and what he told me, he said, George, wait a minute now. He said, I'm not marking out because of your own water. He said, I'm marking out because you're actually selling it here beside the concession stand of the civic center that's selling their own water. Right. right. <laughs> The NWA. I don't know if you got a chance to see it a couple months ago, but well, yeah. well, before COVID, I went down and did the NWA tapings. I said, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh!" And I turned around at the corner; he had a big old smile on his face, <laughs> you know. But I didn't even know. And man, I, love, I hope they get back in production. Yeah, uh, me too. Good product because I loved it. Yeah. You know what I loved about that day? Everybody's asked me since then, "What did you like about the NWA that you did that that WWE and WCW and others could probably learn from?" You know, the minute I arrived in NWA, they nobody. Nobody told me what to say mm-hmm. on my interview. Nobody told me what to do in my match. And I, to me, forget money. I know we got to make money. But to me, that's still the greatest compliment in the world, that they trusted me enough. So when I went out there, so you got to feel it, Dave. When I do an interview, you know what I'm saying? i got to, I got to feel what I'm doing. And, and so anyway, all of that was just done as it came to me. Mm. And I'd go back in a heartbeat. I loved every minute
3: of it. Yeah, there's something very uh, authentic, very real about right. right, it comes off very, it's just not generic or anything. I don't know, it's like you can tell everybody has these promos that are not too far. Like Tim Storm, he comes off like that. That's yeah. who he is, you know? Yes. Yeah. You see, that's why I don't care what the fans say now. You
0: know what Ole Anderson used to call it? Dave he had such a good illustration. He said that, in our day, and I know people get tired of me saying in our day, but in our day, we took a blank canvas, Dave, and we painted. Seriously, that's what we did. Every wrestler painted a different picture. Nowadays, all we used to say is the canvas would paint by numbers.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. you know, the canvas has numbers on it telling you where to paint. And, and I, I just, I don't know, I'm so thankful I broke in when I did and... Got the track. See, we didn't even fly anywhere, Dave. You know, I think I've shared this with you. We, yeah. I learned so much in the back seat of Walhull McDaniel's car with my mouth shut. Because Hillman, Hillman, Roddy Garvin, or Hillman, so, you know, Ivan, they would talk over finish. I mean, that's where you learned angles and stuff. Uh, and But you didn't open your mouth. You know, you just listened. And, oh, gosh, what I missed. But I'm going to circle this back around to Dusty and one of my, and and at the time I didn't realize what I was doing, but now that I look back, for some reason, when I started working for Dusty and he was booking me every week, every Monday morning, Dave, at 8 a.m. I would call his office and just say thank you. Mm. I mean, I'm telling you, whether it was one booking or seven bookings, the Great American Bash, whatever, I would call him Monday morning. Every Monday morning, I would say thank you, Dusty, for what you did for me this weekend or last week. And it got, I think he got tired of it. He got tired of me, because after a while, the secretary would answer. And Dave, she would say, George, Dusty knows that you appreciate him.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she would put my call through.
3: That's
0: funny. So, but, but you know, now that Dusty's gone, I'm so thankful that I took you know you know, Dave, how much it means to me that I took a few moments just to tell Dusty thank
3: you. Oh, right. Absolutely.
0: And, and you know, that, 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 now that they're gone, but I tell you, this sums up Dusty in my life. My oldest son, his first time, he took a booking in Philadelphia, George Jr. They flew him up there. He thought he was, man, he thought he was Ric Flair. Well, him and Dusty's on the same plane wow. for some reason. he knew Dusty. Dusty knew my son. Well, the plane lands. Now, Dusty's the one that tells me this. After it happened. The plane lands, and my son has never had to go get in a, a, a motel or a taxi. He's never had to do any of that. This is his first time on the road. He sees, he sees Dusty in the airport, and my son, he was like 20 at the time, he walked up to Dusty and said, Mr. Rose, where are you staying at tonight? <laughs> and Dusty said, hey, kid, you ain't sleeping with me. Sure. But my son knew that Dusty had always took care of his dad and he just, you know, just natural instinct was Dusty's going to, you know, Dusty's going to take care of me too.
3: Right.
0: And I always laughed. Dusty said, man, your kid thought he was going to sleep on my floor. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it just, you know, everybody says, what would you go back and change? I I wish I would have, and I know it sounds crazy, I wish I would have slowed down. And I really tried to enjoy you know, every moment of what happened in my career, but, you know, I'm still 40, 41 years, Dave, yeah. I've been able to be a pro wrestler, and I, I still love it, I still love, it sounds corny, but, man, I still love the uh, going sitting behind an old gimmick table with popcorn smell in the air, and, Lord, that, you know, this will sum everything up that you talked about, Dave. They just did an interview with Kid Rock yep. uh, on, like, 2020 or one of these things, and they're right around his home. And the lady asked, he said, I bet when you're up on stage, you're real nervous, you're anxious, and you're worried, uh, and, and you just want to get off stage. And he stopped her, and he said, Oh, no, you got it backwards. He said, When I'm in the real world, that's when I have, you know, nerves racking, and that's when the pressure's on me. So what he remember that was, man, when he's on stage, he's at home, Dave. Yeah. And that's how me and several wrestlers are. wearing we're in the rain, man, it's just everything's good everything's good George, sure. and 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 and, and, and yeah. i think that's what i'll do till i told everybody when george dies there ain't gonna be no tributes They listen i tell people if you want to love george love me now
3: okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, send me flowers now don't sure. wait till i'm
3: dead okay george i don't think we can end this on a better note well said Thank you so much for your time. I'm glad we could promote you. You have all the best stories in the world. Your passion comes through, and I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being on the show,
0: man. Oh, Dave, hey, thank you so much, buddy. It's my pleasure, my honor, and, and, and I did let you talk a little bit this time. Yeah, okay? all right, George. I was ready. I was ready. Yeah. But... Well, listen, thank you for everything and letting me plug my stuff and just talking about, you know, that it, just, it really was a very, very special time. You know, I told my class last night, Dave, as, as we closed, is for years, wrestling fans wanted to find out what was behind the curtain. And now that they found out, they realized that they were better off before they found out what was behind the curtain. 1,000%. Ain't that something? Really? You know, I've I got a buddy that loves magicians. Yeah. Magic. And he's been trying for three years to tell me how they
3: do their tricks
0: and <laughs> I keep hanging up on him. You know? Yeah, right. Because you goofball. I don't want to know how y'all pull a rabbit out of your head. Yeah. Are you kidding?
3: Because once no. you find out what happens, it's almost like you have to find different reasons to love it still. Um, yeah. Right, because like, yeah. I remember, you know, like I've during like the empty matches on Raw when it had no fans whatsoever and there's no storyline to it. It's not like you're building up to an empty arena match like Funk and Law or it's just... You know, empty, right. empty, and I thought to myself, I could watch UFC, and I'd watch that, and I'd be more interested because I'm, I'm, really invested in the outcome. Whereas now, that's right. Now I'm invested in more of the show. Whereas a kid, that's right. And that I didn't know better. Well, I wanted to see Ricky Steamboat beat that no good Ric Flair. I, you know, that's that was right. everything to me back then. But amen, yeah. that
0: buddy don't ever change that, Dave. I tell people, see, when I first started, I was trying to figure out this business, and I remember only Anderson told me. He said, go home and start watching old Cowboy and Indian movies. Old Westerns. I said, wake up, I want to be the greatest wrestler in the world. I want to go watch movies. He said, go home, watch an old Western movie. And I'm going to tell you, if you do that now, that is the whole concept of our wrestling. you got the bad guy, and you got the good guy, Dave, and the good guy always wins. Absolutely. That's all wrestling is.
3: Absolutely. I
0: you, you should. I feel these saying. Stop
3: trying to figure out, and just eat your popcorn. Right. <laughs> just enjoy the show. <laughs> and if you don't like and it, watch man, something yeah. else. Watch something else if you don't like it. Either enjoy it, you know. And, exactly. Yeah, I, listen, there's a lot of shows out there uh, now. There's more content than ever, which I don't think is the best thing because I think there's oversaturation. But if right. you do watch stuff, it's, a lot of times I'm not going to enjoy everything as a fan. But that doesn't mean I hate right. the whole show. I find things that I enjoy, and Me too.
0: Um, Me too. yeah, yeah. Well, oh, feels yeah. like Rick Flair, Dave, and then I'll let you go. It's like yeah. I tell people all the time. Everybody's saying Rick's old and he needs to retire, and and I get so mad because see, Rick is my last connection to the way wrestling used to be. He really is, and and he still can come out and do a promo better than ninety five percent of the people in wrestling. And and Dave, I tell people. That's because it's in his heart. You can't. I can teach you a few wrestling moves, but if it ain't in your heart, seriously. See, what Rick has, you can't teach. And he just loves pro wrestling. But, you know, I tell Fred, if you got to go to college and get a diploma before you can understand wrestling, somebody's got it wrong. Damn right. Seriously, I, I just want to sit there
3: you
0: know, buy some overpriced gimmicks <laughs> yes. and watch the good guy beat the bad guy. That's right. all I want. Keep and then go simple.
3: home. Like Bobby here yes. used to say, keep it simple for the humanoid. Amen, amen. <laughs> well,
0: Dave,
3: thank you, buddy. Man, I'll talk to you for another two hours if you don't let me go. That's <laughs> all right, George. We'll get you back on. Have a great yeah, day, sure. man. Thank yeah,
0: you.
3: Have a wonderful day. Thank you, my friend. Bye, George. Bye-bye. I got a to
5: fans welcome back for another week of the 531 where we take your top five list on a particular subject vote it down to a top three and debate that top three down to a number one spot and this week we are doing a list that i'm surprised we haven't done yet dave and that is the top five mm. valets. I have a feeling just like top five with, valets, baby. just like with another list that we're recording today, top five families, that we're going to see a few mm. names that are going to pop up on most. And I'm going to start off with Chris Zauha here. He's got Precious, Baby Doll, Sunshine, Missy. And I think he's trying to get on AJ's good side. He's got Miss Linda. Miss
2: Linda. <laughs> That's like. Actually, some heat with me because I've seen everybody's list and I had a couple of people out there. I didn't even like. I didn't look anything up. I just put them down. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I'm so happy. And he fucking hit all of
5: them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I won't even tell you who they are until the end, but fuck.
5: Yeah. Chris usually has a good throwback list. A lot of people from the old NWA. Yeah.
2: That's kind of where my head went too. So.
5: Now, who do you got for your first list?
2: But AJ, He's got Precious, Sunny, Woman, Woman, Old Woman, and Miss Elizabeth. And I haven't seen anybody with this one. We'll see what you come up with, but Dark
5: Journey. Wow, no. I haven't seen any Dark Journeys on – I don't have any on my list. And I'm actually kind of disappointed I didn't put Woman on my list. I might have to make an executive decision before I get to it. The next list I have is Shard Johnson. Yeah, she- and he's only got three people on his list. He's got Missy, Elizabeth, and Sherry with Macho. Now, what were you going to say about Woman before I cut you off?
2: No, that's all right. I was actually going to say Dark Journey. First time I saw her, she was managing Dick Slater in uh, the Mid-South Territory. When I got to watch that for a little bit in my childhood.
5: Nice, very nice. Who
2: was uh? Dodge Johnson had Missy, Sherry?
5: And Miss Elizabeth.
2: Miss Elizabeth, okay. All right, I got Randy Osgood in the house. Randy's got Sonny, got Miss Elizabeth, Sherry, Marlena, and Lou McGillicuddy. Probably not saying that right, but uh, Lou <laughs> McGillicuddy. They right. broke her
5: neck. He's got a little bit of a little bit of variety on there that I like to see, and we're gonna get kind of yeah. the same thing from Kevin Dignum from Rock and Randy's Rock and Wrestling Group. Shar Johnson and Chris Zawah also from the Rock and Randy's Rock and Wrestling Group, but Kevin had Sherry, Missy Hyatt, Woman, Baby Doll, and Sonny.
2: Sonny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sonny.
5: <laughs> shit, we're not even on Patreon yet, Dave's. Or we're on Patreon, but we're not keeping that Dave's Golden Pipes from you there. Now, Dave, who do you? Who's on uh, next? No, who's no, list no, you no, got no. next?
2: I got I'm Mike Flynn. Hitting me with that Miss Elizabeth. Sensational Sherry. Sunny. I'm actually
5: surprised this lady. A little more often. Sable. Sable, wow. I'm going to go to my list because it's the next list I have. And it originally included Sable, but I took her off and put in Miss Elizabeth. I got Sunny. I got Sherry. I got Missy Hyatt. And Even though I want to give that last spot to woman, I'm going to give it to Sweet Sapphire. She wasn't necessarily the most attractive valet, but I think her package with Dusty and WWF was part of what made it work, and that's got to count for something.
2: Beauty is in the eye of the holder, my Sweet, Sweet Sapphire.
5: (laughs) Who do you got next?
2: Moving on, I got Zach St. John, who's got Elizabeth Sensational Sherry, Sunny, and Woman on, and Marlena.
5: All right. Second time Marlena's back. I'll to keep up. going
2: here. Yep. I got Scott from Bontown. He's got Sherry, Elizabeth, Luna, Bashan, Woman, and Sunny.
5: Wow. Luna, another interesting pick, but somebody who definitely deserves to be on there. During a time when most Valets looked one way, she looked decidedly a different way and got successful with that. Maybe part of that was having that famous lineage. And a a lot of her family was known as male wrestlers, but she did have a female wrestler that came before her and her family that I think that was also a little inspiration to go her own way.
2: And while we're talking about Luna, let me go to Tim Hartford who has Luna on his list as well. Um, Then we got, This to where we get a little bit, he had Tory Wilson and Molina. Nobody had those two. And he also had, da-da-da, Sherry, and this one.
5: Mifflin. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's there's going the to be a
2: lot of...
5: There's going to be a lot of the same names are going to pop up, but there's also going to be those outliers. You're going to get your Tory Wilsons, your Molinas, your Lunas. Yep.
2: I'm going to main event this bad boy. I got Elizabeth, Sherry. Oh, I got Sherry. I thought I did a little different. Still, Southside came along. I got Misty Hyatt, Baby Doll, Sunshine. And I do this because these girls aren't really known as bad. Technically, they started off as bad. Chris Braddock and Lena.
5: Okay, not too bad. Not too bad. You got to get that variety in there. Yeah. So. This
2: you- was in TNA. Uh, Alberta and, and Lita uh, started acting before the Hardy. She was part of a uh, act with uh, Essay Del Rio.
5: Now you said you calculated the votes earlier. Who do you have kind of leading this round?
2: It, uh it's not even uh, close, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs>
5: um, yeah, she and, might be the runaway winner.
2: It gets a little closer, but it's a little closer because I might have missed a few some of your votes your newer votes. But it's down to Sunny and Sharon. Sunny and who? Sherry,
5: Sherry. Okay, I thought you said Sonny and Cher, and I'm like, I want him to repeat that on air.
2: Well, Sonny and Sherry, I'm going to go with, God. you're not a tough one. Uh, overall, Sherry's the more complete performer. That's not really close, but present. And Sonny definitely had quite the falling in that uh, mid to early 90s there. That uh, I mean, Sonny might have had the biggest honestly,
5: at one point. Sherry was the overall better performer. So, I mean, she should probably go on, right? Then yeah. I mean, Sonny was Sonny was attractive, and I think she got over in her time. But if you look at Sherry, she just did so much more, and I think she added more to a program, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no. Well, I think Sonny's clearly the better all-around performer. That being said, to me, this winner is pretty clear. I think it's Miss Elizabeth. She's fine. The role of the valet, and she didn't really have to say a lot to do it. She is the definition of the word presence. She personified class, and she just looked different than anyone else doing this. And she's the original, in my opinion. And she got over. I still remember her to this, this day. Clearly, is why she made everybody split All
5: right, so we're just gonna give we're giving Miss Elizabeth the top spot then.
2: Everybody else can get
5: fucked. <laughs> well, guys, you know what the music means. It These lists don't happen yeah. that often this way when we get to the top three, and there's almost no need to debate the top three because there is a clear number one. And even though Sherry had a ton of talent, like you said, Elizabeth got over without having to really say much. She was just a that very good damsel in distress a lot of times for macho to go fucking psycho over oh yeah and like
2: wrestlemania 8 where flair posted pictures promise he's gonna bring the brick centerfold out of liz and superimposed pictures of liz and savage to kick his ass
5: yeah i found a, a couple of those promos when i was digging through for my sound bites for the dusty flair segment that we did And I will always remember that angle, and that is why she's going to be number one. So, guys... Thank you for joining us for another week of the 531, and we will talk to you later.
4: All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think, also. That's Working Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling Pod. And then, as always, please.